Welcome to Principles of Wealth, a podcast built at the intersection of finances and real-life values. I'm your host, Holly Mazaka. On this podcast, we'll walk through real-life stories of finances and wealth while addressing some of the most commonly asked questions we receive from our clients. At Bartlett Wealth Management, we know that the path to pursuing your financial goals is not a straight one. It comes with twists and turns, pit stops, unexpected roadblocks, and even a few pleasant surprises along the way. We're here to help you navigate this journey by providing stories and insights that you can apply to your own unique path. Welcome back to Principles of Wealth. I am excited to feature two special guests on today's show who will provide us with an inside look at year-end planning with a focus on charitable giving. First up will be Jason Katz, a principal and wealth advisor with Bartlett Wealth Management. Jason will walk us through how to build your year-end charitable giving checklist. After that, we'll be joined by Michelle Carey, the Director of Professional Advisor Relations with the Greater Cincinnati Foundation. Michelle will share insights into how community foundations can help connect people with their purpose through the lens of charitable giving. I'm excited for the show today and looking forward to jumping in. Jason, welcome aboard. Well, thanks for having me. So Jason is a certified financial planner and a licensed certified public accountant in Ohio and Illinois. In 2019, he earned his Certified Exit Planner Advisor designation, which enhanced his ability to serve business owners as they plan for a sale or transition. Before joining Bartlett, Jason provided comprehensive financial and tax planning services to a single-family office. He cut his teeth in the public accounting world, providing tax planning and financial counseling to individuals, their families, and their business. So Jason does a lot of work with our Bartlett clients to develop these deep financial plans, really with a focus on serving business owners, executives, and others with difficult life transitions underway. Jason, how would you summarize at its core what it is that you do for clients? Yeah, so you can imagine these are very complex situations with a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on. And principally, our job is to try to simplify that for the client and to really kind of lay out, this is what you need to do to achieve your goals, and so that they can go back and focus on what they do best. Great. Well, let's dive in. Let's start talking about this charitable giving checklist. I know the idea for charitable giving can be really overwhelming to some folks. At its most basic level, where should those interested in giving start? Yeah, I think we always say it it really starts with charitable intent. So as you're looking at your local community, your the country, the world, what are the things that you're most passionate about that you can think you can make the most impact? And then from there, you kind of match that up with your time, your talents, and your treasure. So we're going to be really focused on the last one there, your treasure, your money. Um, and, you know, you really start to put together a strategy around that. So, you know, have you done a financial plan that marries all of these charitable goals with all of your other goals? So really driving to how much can you give? And then you start to dive into the how and the when and when and 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 which vehicles and and all of that kind of part of the strategy. And really, you know, then the next layer or the next level of this is really how can you get others involved in giving? So maybe your family, maybe you can help instill philanthropic goals with your family. 
This idea of utilizing giving as an avenue to connect with family, that's a really interesting one. Can you go a little bit deeper on what steps individuals and families can take to really bring this idea to life? Yeah, I think the first thing is quite simple, and that's just talk about it. So talk about it with your family. Talk about it with your friends. What are the things that they're passionate about? What are the organizations that they have given to in the past and why? Uh, So it sounds simple, but that really can help you give an idea of of where to give. Uh, Another thing that we see clients do and we help them with is family meetings. So these are not where mom and dad sit you down and tell you a how you need to improve. And <laughs> this is more about getting around a table and talking about, you know, what philanthropy means to you and why and how you've supported certain organizations over your lifetime and, you know, how maybe they can get involved in that. So it might lead you to something where you have a shared donor structure. So that could be a donor advised fund, which we'll be talking about later, or a trust or a family foundation. And maybe you can get the family around a table talking about how you can bless others. That's great. And I know one of the tips and tricks that I've seen in my own family and that I've seen work very successfully with clients also is the idea of writing letters. So it's one thing to talk about it and it's wonderful, but to have a letter that you can go back to and really share some of those values. Uh, Have you seen that work in practice? Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen letters, whether it relates to charitable giving or even giving to your family. And it really explains kind of the pathway to where you are today. It really helps to put in writing uh, how the wealth was created. Uh, Maybe it was, you know, grandpa started a company and was able to build that company and sell it off and and then have that stock for uh, for the family long term. Um, And maybe it also gets into the things that we're talking about today, the philanthropy, the, you know, we started this this fund several years ago, and we've grown it to this level. And each year we give a piece of that back to the community. I know I have a few letters in my dad's handwriting and my grandmother's handwriting, and there's just something so fantastic about being able to have that as a legacy and be able to come back to that. It's a little different than just receiving an email these days. (laughs) So once our donors have an idea of where they want to give and how they want to give, what's the next step? How do they think about actually structuring a gift? Yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot of ways to give. There's, you know, cash gifts. There's uh, gifts of marketable securities. And then there's different vehicles and ways to give. So a couple that we can really focus on is let's first start with kind of the cash versus marketable securities decision. Cash is uh, certainly easy. Checkbook, write it out, uh, give it to the charity. Um, But Maybe you can get even more impact from a tax perspective by giving low-cost basis marketable securities that you've held for more than one year. So the reason why is that you get a full fair market value deduction, but you don't have to pick up the capital gain that's unrealized in that position. So it could be a kind of a double benefit. And when we look at different structures, uh, the one that that comes to mind is a donor-advised fund. So a donor-advised fund, think of that as a charitable giving account. And you can give securities into it in one year, get a tax deduction, and then it's up to you to give it out to the different charities over 
many years. So there's no there's no rule that says that if you give it into one year, it has to come out in that same year. So tell me a little bit more about what would be sort of the telltale signs of when someone should think about opening a donor-advised fund. Yeah, I think when you look at your tax situation uh, and you see that you have a very high income year. So that could be maybe you sold a property or you sold your business, or maybe it's just been a really great year in the market and you have a lot of capital gains and you are looking for ways to counteract that that income. Um, maybe you load several years worth of charitable contributions into the donor advice fund and then divide out those things to charities over the next several years. So outside of the donor-advised funds, which other charitable giving structures should people be thinking about? Well, for those who have to take required distributions from their IRA, there's a strategy called a qualified charitable distribution, where you take money directly from your IRA and send it directly to a charity. And you can do up to $100,000 per year. And the amount that you give to charity, you don't have to pick up in income, uh, but it still counts towards your required minimum distribution. Oh, great. So it can just go straight from the IRA out. You don't realize the income, but you get the benefit of gifting to the charity. Yeah. And one of the major benefits there is that you don't have to itemize your deductions in order to take advantage of that strategy. So we've thought a little bit about structure First, start with charitable intent, then develop the strategy. Think about maybe where to involve the family along the way or others who are important in your life. And then structuring the gift in these very tax-efficient ways. Can you share an example or a story with us that sort of brings this all together so that we can see how it works in real life? Sure. We serve a family out west, uh, three generations of this family. So we have the matriarch who's in her uh, late 80s, early 90s, the next generation, her children, maybe 50s and 60s, and then their kids who are in their 20s and 30s. And they have a charitable vehicle that they formed over time. The matriarch formed it. And in this particular case, it's a private foundation. But this can work for a donor-advised fund or even a charitable trust. And, you know, with these kind of families, the big challenge is getting everybody together. So in the past, maybe they've done that via travel. Let's everybody come to this destination and and maybe grandma pays for it. Um, as we saw with the pandemic, maybe some of that those options are gone now. Um, so what are ways that we can bring families together? And this family in particular brings them together around philanthropy. So instead of the matriarch deciding where the money should go to from this private foundation, which charities, she charges each grandchild with researching and then presenting their ideas of which organizations they should, uh, that the private foundation should give each year. And, you know, what what it ends up doing is these grandkids get to express themselves in terms of their philanthropy goals. And it certainly puts a smile on the matriarch's face to see her grandchildren carrying on that giving legacy. That's really great. So everyone's included, everyone's involved. 
if you can be together, that's a wonderful way to do it. But even if you have to do it via Zoom, <laughs> at least there's a way of bringing the family together. Yep. Last couple of years, we've done it over Zoom and, it, and it's been a great thing. And, and you can still see smiles on Zoom. <laughs> that's very true. Well, thank you, Jason, for your time today. This has been really great just to think about the high level of the charitable giving checklists, those things that we need to keep in mind. Any last tips or tricks for people as we head into the holiday season? Uh, The only thing I would say is that if you want to get a charitable deduction, you have to make it before the end of the year. So it's never too soon to start. Uh, Get those those giving um, letters in and, and get them to the charities as soon as possible. I do feel like this year we're all shopping before Thanksgiving, and I'm also seeing it tends to be a lot busier this year on the charitable giving route um, even earlier. So that's a a great tip to people to get ahead of the game this year. Mm -hmm. Next, I'd like to welcome Michelle Carey. Michelle is a chartered advisor in philanthropy. As the Director of Professional Advisor Relations for the Greater Cincinnati Foundation, Michelle helps wealth advisors like Bartlett bring their clients' charitable giving ideas to life. As the region's largest community foundation, the Greater Cincinnati Foundation connects people with purpose in an eight-county region in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The GCF team believes change is sparked when people come together in partnership, collaboration, and generosity. Their role is to align the right players, then coordinate their efforts and contributions in a way that creates the most substantial impact. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today. So, Michelle, at its most basic level, what is a community foundation? So, a community foundation is a 501c3 public charity that helps connect people with purpose. And we do that by providing a bird's eye view of what's happening in the community in the nonprofit landscape. And they can give anywhere, uh, locally, nationally, and even internationally. Great. And as we think about the services you all provide, you can you talk about bringing the charities together with donors. What other services do you provide as a community foundation? Well, earlier, Jason was talking about donor advised funds, and that is something that we provide for for clients and donors so that they can uh, use that for their charitable giving. And in addition to having those funds, we actually help them also connect with nonprofit needs in the community so they can use that donor advised fund to get those dollars out the door to the organizations that need them the most. Very neat. So really fitting into that space that Jason was talking about of thinking about the strategy around your philanthropy. Someone comes and says, I have charitable intent, but I don't really know how to do it. A community foundation and your advisors can really help guide them to the causes they care about and which organizations might be the best fit. That's exactly right. So some people already know who they want to give to, and they've been doing that for years, and that's fine. But even those people want to tweak every once in a while of what are some other organizations that are similar to what I already like doing. Great. So what role do you see community foundations playing in the nonprofit world? So community foundations are an excellent place for emergency needs that are in the community and um, for helping connect donors to those needs would be one example. When have you seen this come to life? So you say emergency needs. I know we just came through COVID. I'm sure there were emergency needs there. But what other examples have you seen where community foundations can bring this network together to provide solutions in the nonprofit realm? 
Well, one example that we had here locally was actually a homeless shelter that had reached their capacity, and they opened up another shelter uh, that was supposed to be temporary, but the need did not go away. And so they were in danger of actually needing to shut down because they didn't have the financial resources that they needed just to stretch a little bit longer. And so we were able to bring our donors together. They used donors use their donor advice funds to to make a, a donation to this organization, and we were able to uh, put in resources that we have from the community as well to keep those doors open. Great. So, in a short period of time, you were really able to make a, a very meaningful impact. Absolutely. And I think another example of that actually is the COVID response fund that mm-hmm. we had. Uh, we actually were able to convene together multiple funders in the region. And within a month's time, we had $7.3 million gathered together, and we were getting that out to the community. So 240 organizations locally benefited from that, and it actually provided safe housing and food and other resources before there were other dollars here uh, from the state or nationally. That's awesome. And also, if I remember correctly, you all partnered with United Way on that. So really seeing it as a, a an ecosystem. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we were able to work together. And that's the beauty of community foundations is that they work with other charitable providers to make the best for our region. So talk to me a little bit more about how your team works with donors to plan out their gifts. So we find with our donors that there's many people who they're very generous, they have big hearts, and every time someone comes to them with a need, they open up their pocketbook and generously give. And what happens over time is that they think about how they want to be more strategic with their giving. And so we really work with them on that. And we help them to create um, a budget and uh, priorities for where they'd like to give. So instead of sort of spreading it all around, how do they decide where to divide it up? So what you're talking about is exactly what we help them with. We try to help them get past that peanut butter philanthropy where they're spreading a little bit all over. And one very simple tool that we have is actually thinking about a 50-30-20 plan. So you would have 50% of what you're giving is is really what you're passionate about and what makes you come alive. 30% would be loyalty or obligation. So you could think of your church or your alma mater. You know you're always going to give to those places year after year, and you can have a plan for that. And then you still want to be able to give to uh, the organizations that your friends and family members care about as well. And so 20% can be responsive giving. That's really neat to think about how you can combine all of those. So 50% is still going to the things that you and your family really deem to be your passion projects, but then leaving space in your giving plan for other organizations who need it. So as we think about trends in philanthropic giving, what are you seeing right now? What's new out there that our listeners should be aware of? So I think that people are more and more thinking about how do we bring along the next generation in terms of feeling the passion for giving that we did. Uh, so how do you how do you transfer the values from Gen 1 to Gen 2 to Gen 3? And, and often, as you know, clients are thinking about how to pass their valuables, but we help with the side of how do you pass your values from one generation to the next. We're... Yeah. 
And we're finding it especially true for business owners. As you know, there's a lot of businesses right now that are that are selling or transitioning to the next generation. And as they do that, philanthropy becomes a space where business owners in particular really start to think about what can I do to make a difference? We've given so much to the community through our business. How can we now do that philanthropically as well? That's really great. So thinking of your values and really how you can leverage that philanthropic mindset to to really pass those along to the next generation as well. That's absolutely right. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming in today and sharing more about how community foundations really bring together donors and nonprofit organizations to make the most of the philanthropic dollars in our local community. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. So to wrap us up today, I wanted to share uh, just a a favorite holiday hack. And uh, those of you who know me know that I am no Martha Stewart, but I like to pretend like I have all this extra free time around. So instead of spending all of that at home making my own beautiful charcuterie boards and cheese platters to bring to a holiday party, I have started noticing how many of my friends are launching their own charcuterie board businesses on social media. So I'd encourage you to think and keep an eye out for those places where maybe you can support a a local cheese shop or um, your local farmer's market to have them build a beautiful platter and maybe even get a custom um, board for your holiday hostess and then be able to leave that behind as an extra special gift. So in closing, thank you all for joining us here today. We'll be back next time with more wonderful stories and takeaways on principles of wealth. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate, qualified professional prior to making a final decision.